studio after all. <laughs> I was just about to make a joke. It's like, we're higher budget, but we're not high budget. Even though that just got really loud. Let's try that. Because the second I get really loud and really fired up, it does want to get a little... You should, it's usually, it usually needs to be closer to you. Yeah. Miles is definitely the loudest, but I, I feel like I'm not a, I'm not far off from Miles. Somewhere like this? Better? That's I, better. I think so. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome back to Beer Buddies. Uh, we have a very special, uh, High water brewing episode. Um, yeah, they're in Lodi, California, so a little bit out of our usual reach. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll kind of get into it uh, as we go, but you know, this is a brewery that has had, I'd say, you know, a formidable impact on our beer journey. I don't think it's not Sierra Nevada, it's not Trackstep, it's not New Glory, but High Water certainly shaped. Um, portions of our yeah. journey and our perspective and uh, yeah um, yeah so this is uh, we, w- we actually went today the day we we're recording this so mm-hmm. a lot of beer has been had um, but we ended up going because uh, I found a Groupon so those oh. of you who are listening uh, found a Groupon for it was a trip for two hey Chris ah, well ah. We, we do these a lot actually a trip for two, to be honest where we each got to have a flight uh, so there's two flights, and their flights are big. They're like four or five ounce pours. There's six of them. Six of them. That's a lot of beer. It took us a while. And two crowlers for about 25 bucks. Which is a really good deal. A really good deal. And I think you can do, there's a journey, like a, a version for four. Really? You can do flights for flights and crowd, uh, four flights and four crowlers for like 42 bucks or something That's like that. That's really good. It's pretty great. Or maybe it's like 45 But it's cheaper. Mm. We just um, We just don't know enough people... To take everybody down, and I don't know if I bought the one for four. If I'm allowed to have four flights, or if they'd be like, "Hey, you need three other people." <laughs> like uh, the glasses with the mustache, and walk up and get your second flight. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now the uh, yeah. the uh, here, let me cut it a little bit. Here. There we go. Uh, so the even the taster that we got, we got like a a taster of one of the beers we're gonna have today. I don't want to get into the beers too much because. I, I would like to keep our last one as a, like a surprise because I Agreed. think that's kind of what people know this place for. <clears throat> you say high water, you might not know what they are, but you definitely know the beer that we're gonna have. Yeah, and that's part of our. We talk about our journey. Like it's it's almost like a one hit wonder. It's like the outfield. A fan, they have a fantastic song they came out with in the eighties. Uh, they're known for, but if you listen to the whole album, it's pretty great. Yeah, but they're only really known for one. So agreed. So, yeah, but the taster of that one beer we got even was like four ounces as a taster. Like, these guys are really generous. Yeah. So. And so, you know, if you're looking for something fun to do, you know, you and a friend, you and a partner, you and a spouse, um, you and a stranger, I don't know, whoever you feel like hanging out with, uh, check out Groupon, because they mm-hmm. have this high water brewing Groupon thing that's that's pretty great, and, you know, Lodi's not that far, so if you're looking for something to do on a Friday night or Saturday, really anytime, mm-hmm. um, it's great. The staff is super, super nice about it. You know, I know there are times where, you know, working in the customer service industry, when people bring in a Groupon, it's easy to feel like, oh, well, I've kind of, you know, I'm not getting tipped or I'm not going to, you know, and it's easy to kind of 
push those people by the wayside. And I think um, High Water Brewing gave great customer service. Um, staff seems more than adequately knowledgeable about the product. We didn't ask a ton of pointed questions, but super helpful and super eager. You know, I went in and basically said, I didn't know, like, you not, you didn't know either, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if it was, like, a pre-selected flight, like, if there was, like, a set group on flight. Yeah. Or what crawlers we could take. And right when I said, hey, I got this group on, what can I do? They walked me through in, like, 30 seconds. Like, here's what you're going to do. You can pick anything for the flight. Here's the things that we do for crawlers. And, um, yeah, so let's... Um, Let's pour. So I was gonna say we could talk about the selection, but I think pouring this first one is gonna immediately yep. talk about the selection. So I'll let Jordan pour it because I don't trust myself today to pour. Pour crawlers. Okay. Yeah. So Chris, what is this one? So one of the interesting things that we noticed there, and this is your second time there. Right. right. So it's my second time. Chris's first. I was surprised to see they had a, a pretty good selection, like thirty something, almost forty uh, taps available. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a bunch of uh, beers, I think, from another brewery that was local. Was it local? Uh, uh, close by In Tracy? Oh, so that's not, not too, too far. far. Yeah. So they had some good hazies from them, but they also had a bunch of ciders. And I don't think we've seen a cider um, necessarily at breweries. Like, if it has, if we have been, it's been very, very, very rare. And they had yeah. like 10 ciders on the board. If I said today we saw maybe not the best beer. Because I don't want to give, I don't want to falsely represent. So I think, you know, we'll get into kind of our thoughts on the beer. But this wasn't, this definitely wasn't the best brewery I went to. But it's certainly a pretty great brewery to go to. Oh, yeah. And I will say this. High Water might most, might have the most diverse beer selection Mm -hmm. um, of any brewery just within their own beers. And they also yeah. offer a couple yeah. other, at least a, one other brewery, if not two. And then they also have a cider house or two that are contributing to their board. Mm-hmm. And so, and they have food there. And so, oh, yeah, the um, food's good. You know, I think they've taken, you know, we, this is one of the things we praise about Urban Roots. Like, to be honest, if High Water was closer, they would probably be much up, higher up our list. It's just mm-hmm. driving 45 minutes to an hour to go get some beer. Yeah. Um, is not. The most beneficial thing for us just because there's so many great brewers around us. Mm-hmm. But um, what were some of the things that you noticed on the board that really kind of caught dry as far as diversity goes? Oh, let's uh, cheers real quick. Yeah, let's cheers. Cheers. This is what? Uh, cherry cherry perry, um Cherry Perry Cider. That's what they call it. I don't think it has lime in it, to be honest. I also have never had a cherry cider before. I assume it's a very hard fruit to work with. It's a very potent fruit to work with. I don't think it's for it, as far as beer goes. It's actually one of the easier ones to work with. Really? Uh huh. So the cherries, raspberries, um, mangoes, easy mm. to work with. Um, mm. Things like strawberries are not easy to work with. Peaches can be dangerous to work with. That's uh, mm. so a lot of people substitute like nectarines. Um, and even uh, like blueberries can be difficult to work with because most of the flavors actually in the skin, which is also where the most tannins are. So you can get mm-hmm. a lot of off flavors working with blueberries. It's also like you can also do a lot of great things with any of the fruits, yeah. as we've seen examples of all of it. But yeah. cherries, and whether or not these real cherries is we don't know. But you know, working with real <laughs> cherries is rather simple for at least beer. And I imagine yeah. cider making is relatively simpler mm-hmm. than than beer making. 
Well, that the reason why I was asking is this is this to me tastes like a real cherry. But the kind of the yeast, you know, the yeast is a little bit more expressive than I'm used yeah. to the cider, but it, it doesn't taste like a like an extract cherry. And it doesn't taste like cherry candy. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. This tastes like like you've been into a cherry that's maybe um, like a real cherry. Yeah, and not even like a maraschino cherry. Just a like like a real like if you went to the fruit stand and got some cherries, some pitted cherries. Like that's what this is what it kind of tastes like. Yeah. Um, but what are, what are what are some things at uh, high water that you notice as far as variety goes? Uh, well, there's two things I noticed. Today <clears throat> might have been a special day, but I don't think it was. I'm willing to give it like a, a split difference here, but. I noticed the, the crowd was a little different, and then I, I noticed the board was very diverse. So we'll talk about the board first, since you asked. Uh, I noticed there was, uh, they had uh, freaking uh, orange cream ale that we almost got here. Sorry, I couldn't remember the name of it. Uh, th- that's the one I've seen sometimes in stores. They had a, like a pecan sweet porter. Or was it a style? That's an uh, American strong ale. It's a strong ale, Okay. Uh, Scotch ale. They had a bunch of sours. They had the ciders here. Smoked ale. Oh yeah. Or uh, something they called a red ale that we didn't think was much of a red ale. Even yeah. like a Flanders red. Like those are things you don't see a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they had a they couple. Had, they had a Belgian. Yeah. They had a barley wine. They had some hazies from someone else, but they yeah. were good. They had them there. Yeah, and they had some. Just, well, and they had their own IPAs as well. We just mm-hmm. happened to order. I th- we kind of picked up. You know, as after we ordered was at least sort of when I figured out, like, oh shoot, these two hazies on my flight are actually from another brewery. Yeah, um, yeah, they're kind of sprinkled in there. They're yeah. both good, and I think it, it still counts because it was what they had to offer for the day. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, first... this cider isn't um, full disclosure. Like, and just to be really, really clear for our audience, like this cider that we're drinking is not a high water brewing cider. But it is indicative of the experience that we had. Mm-hmm. And so we we chose to go with this is one of the three, you know, traditional brewery spotlight here with Beer Buddies. We typically choose. Mm-hmm. We go to the brewery, or at least one of us goes. This is the first brewery spotlight where we've both gone and picked three crowlers together. Yeah, Most usually, of the time it's usually one or the other. Well, I, I was going to say, even usually we don't sit at the brewery and like taste everything. It's like... Ooh, maybe there's a can release, or they're having some sort of deal, or mm-hmm. we've had some stuff there before, and we run in and just grab the crowlers. Uh, it, it's this one's a little different in that, first of all, we both went there and we actually experienced high water, which is pretty rad, and that's kind of what we want to talk about today. And it's not just the beer; it's the experience there too. Like it's the food and the atmosphere is really cool. Uh, yeah. The other thing too is that we don't have an IPA in our three can. Um, what do you what do you call it? Three can Monty or whatever we call it. I don't know. <laughs> three can Monty. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> nice. Our selection. Usually, we pick like an IPA, we pick like a mid range, and we pick a stout. You know what I mean? So. And we we sort of we sort of did that. You know, uh, you you guys would kind of see it, but instead of picking an IPA, you mm-hmm. picked a cider. You know, you really steered us away from the IPA game. Did you mm-hmm. have a reason a reason for that exactly? Um. Yeah, I like ciders. Hmm. Was anything about IPAs, or you just felt like, hey, like... I, I like ciders. No, I'm just kidding. So... Uh, <laughs> it's like, great. Great, this is a great it's, podcast. It's the most podcast. interesting episode. No, so I, I like <laughs> ciders. Um, I, I drink hard ciders here and there. Uh, I don't think we've ever had one in a podcast. Even though it is uh, part of the craft brew game, right? 
We just haven't we haven't had one. And then also, I, I, you well, know, similar styles, right? So, so for people who who don't know, like beer, um, beer and mead certainly have an overlap, and I think like mead and cider sort of mm-hmm. have an overlap. And so, yeah. like, there is kind of this in the home brewing community. There is kind of this cult of like, you know, like home brewing versus distilling. Right? It's just a completely yeah. different ball game. Yeah. But yeah, so I wanted to kind of change it up, but then also change it up in a way like we, we usually do drink IPAs. I think we had this. Is, this might be our first spotlight where we have not had an IPA out of all the spotlights that I can remember. We can go back and check. You, the listeners, you guys can check our other spotlight episodes. But I think we usually have at least one IPA. I mean, if it, yeah, if you were to say this is the first time, maybe there's an, a one-off where we've skipped the IPA portion of that. But mm-hmm. if you if you were to say most of our spotlights have an IPA, I feel like that's almost an assurity because yeah. like IPAs are just so prevalent mm-hmm. in you know what oh, yeah. we do um, on the West <clears throat> Coast that like you know hazies and. Uh, really, any any kind of hoppy style is especially this time of year. You know, like oh yeah, it's just the forefront of what a lot of breweries are doing. That and sours, sour seltzers, IPAs is kind of what we're uh, doing right now. We might have to do a spotlight with only hard seltzers from a place that might be coming. But I wanted to get us away from our uh, normal our, our routine with these, uh, just to show the listeners. That we do have some integrity, and we're not just a couple of, of, of basic beer bros. You know what I mean? Sure, 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 like sure. Like we actually we enjoy the craft, and you know, I, yeah. I want I want our listeners to really trust us when we talk about our. I beer. mean that, and this brewery does have just such a wide breadth of like you're talking. Yeah. You said almost forty beers on draft, and at least twenty five of them were high water taps. You know, like they yeah. they did they are including and. In, which is a lot because when you and I went to Nate Deep for the first time, like man, these guys have thirty taps of their. It's all it was all IPAs, yeah. but I mean twenty five is still a lot of offerings for a day. Yeah, if we go to track seven, you know track seven will have twelve, maybe twelve. Yeah. Usually, yeah, that's that's I mean probably on the higher side of what they would have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, New Glory even at the peak of their powers, I felt like was pushing up towards twenty. Yeah, um, Moxa yeah. when I went last was more around fourteen, fifteen, and these are perfectly respectable tap lists, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, you know I think uh, twelve to fifteen beers is like a larger brewery, as you and I have been to plenty of breweries where there's six to eight. You know, like it's just a smaller setup, and that's just six to eight is what they have. And mm-hmm. um, but for high water, you know, have twenty five of their own taps, plus have you know a brewery from Tracy have two or three taps. I think another brewery was there, and then at least a cider house or two, and plus food and you know their sodas in the cooler. Um, oh yeah, they had a bunch of uh, so they had stuff for everybody pretty much. You know what? So so this is kind of I don't want to jump too far because I know we have a lot to talk about today. I'd like to. Oh, I'm trying to decide if I want to finish this, crack open the second crawler. And talk about it then. Talk about what? What I... You asked me about my impression, so I talked about my impression of the beer, but the actual, like, people and the location, I, I had some impressions made upon me today about that, too. It was a little bit different Let's from go ahead our, and jump into that. Let's go and talk yeah, about people's impressions. Yeah. Okay. We can talk about some, some beer-specific things on the next can. Okay. 
That, that's a good call. So I noticed today, too, we got there, and it was like an uh, older group that had a party. Uh, and I, I looked around. After they left, I looked around, and it was still mostly an older group, like middle and, and late-age people hanging out. There's a couple of kids, but there was like a band event in the back. But outside, there was a kids event yeah. out in the patio area. Mm-hmm. We were inside, though. We were like some of the youngest people there, which is interesting. And then you remember, it's in Lodi. It's in wine country. Older, more well-off people, you know, it's live true. in that area. It's true. They own the vineyards and whatnot. There's a brand so, new Escalade driving down the street. Uh-huh. As we were yeah, and so I wonder, uh, because, you know, High Water has all those beers. They have such a diversity. Maybe that's how they've been able to stay. That was a big facility, too. They have a big room. The big uh, footprint, if you will. I mean, also... You're taught. You're right. It's wine country, so it's a big brewery in wine country. How many? I mean, really, how many breweries are there in Lodi? Like Lodi is really more of a an aggy kind of area. Like yes, there's some some richer people, but I don't think like yeah. But that's my point. Is you need with people like like young people that drink beer will drink whatever they don't whatever ah, they just buy it. And I, I was telling some friends about this. You and I. Uh, I don't want to call them sheeple, but there's a lot of people that we know that drink beer that would just buy a can because it's, a can. oh, there's some beer, let's just drink it. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to enjoy it, and I'd like to know if I would enjoy it or not enjoy it. I'd like to learn about how it was made. I don't think the people that were at High Water today enjoy it the same way that we do. And I think that leads to why the board might be so diverse, is because they have to have something for everybody. Because, you know, like, like we got my dad into IPAs, it took a long time. You know I mean, but, you know, he likes ciders. He likes a stout. So, you know, that's that's kind of the crowd that's out there. Sure. I mean, we've also been to plenty of breweries that are sort of, you know, I won't call anybody out this time, right? And sort of catering to the masses, so to speak, right? Yeah. There. Like, yes, it's a business. I'm not criticizing breweries for, like, you created beer that most people will enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so you're selling it and making money off of it. And that's great. But... There is, you know, we're talking about craft beer. You know, you and I are in the state where we're actually going to breweries where we're sort of kind of ranking the experiences in our head of like, okay, if I'm paying $8 a pint, $7 a pint, whatever Mm -hmm. it ends up being, right? Like, am I actually getting an $8 pint because someone used the right combination of ingredients and brewed the right experience, right? Or is someone making beer that tastes good to most people, right? Yeah. Which is also fine. And then still getting the craft brew price because, you know, in some ways it takes that much money to, to brew the beer. But yeah. they're brewing for the masses and just kind of making their making their ends meet, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I do think high water, point being, right, high water is sort of occupying this middle ground where they can sort of, you know, provide a, a wide breadth of styles mm-hmm. and even a mixture of breweries and provide, you know, several or provide options for you know very different types of experiences to where you know this is a really great brewery for someone who's new to beer to go oh yeah experience versus you know there are some breweries where i'm like hey if you're not really into beer i don't know that i would go there yeah like fieldwork might be one of those places one of our favorites but if you don't really enjoy beer the same way we do it might not be... It depends on the board, right? And yeah, that's like... Um, but, you know, the variety here kind of opens up a lot of doors. Yeah. I mean, whatever High Water is doing, it's working. Because they're staying in business. They're, they're huge. It's actually one of the bigger breweries I think we have in the area. Uh, like Size-wise. I'm not sure what their production volume would be. So we didn't see the equipment. But uh, it, it had seating enough for probably at least 100 people inside. 
at least, which kind of shows you that they're doing something right, you know. Yeah, they're, they're it's a big facility. You know, it's bigger than most of the Sacramento area breweries, I think. Yeah, well, the seating arrangement, I would say, it probably has as much seating inside as the Natomas Track 7. Yeah. Which is a big, that's a big spot. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I, I strongly think that if you were to put that high water brewing location out in Natomas, like, we would be going out there more often. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, if it was closer... But that's the funny part. I didn't expect that from High Water today because we, we, maybe not you because you've been there before. But for me, I know them for like three or four beers that I've ever seen on the shelf ever. So I was <laughs> very surprised. Most of them are variants of the same one, right? Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, good beer though. Uh, yeah, you know while we're finishing up the cider, I'll go ahead and mention one of them. If you guys ever see a cucumber Kolsch. Oh, that's right. That we, we talked about styles that were on the board. Kolsch. I didn't see any uh, lagers or pilsners, though. Agreed. Which is why I'm going to double down. Chris and I talked at the brewery. So, for those of you who don't know, like, breweries are making beer at huge, like, huge batches, right? Like, and so with that, because they're making so many beers with so many large batches, the more they can streamline the ingredients that are being used. The more cost-effective it gets. Right. And yeah. so I really think that cucumber Kolsch, I'd be surprised if it doesn't use most. Mo, I, I p- hypothesize that it probably uses Pilsner malt. Mm. But after I, when you went to the bathroom, I looked at the boards like, no, everything here is an ale. It's got to be straight to row. Yeah. All the time. And they probably use like a flaked corn and maybe even some rice adjuncts to get that mm-hmm. lighter body that you were sort of speaking to at the brewery. Yeah. But in any case, if you see the cucumber Kolsch, Yes, it does taste a little bit like cucumber, but one of our favorite beer quotes, right, is the, uh, you know, when we had a cucumber sour that tasted more like watermelon, mm-hmm. and brewer was like, or the bartender was like, hey, you know, if you think about it, the worst part of the watermelon is the best part of the cucumber, mm-hmm. and the cucumber coal she does have a, like a can, like a watermelon candy sweetness to it on the back end. It's subtle, yeah. and it definitely is a little bit of a cucumber thing, but yeah. it has a little bit of a candy texture to it, and it's really refreshing, and... It was good honestly i wish it was just a little bit hotter today because on a super hot day you could convince me like if it was 112 outside it's like hey we're just going to go sit on the patio at high water and drink four or five pints of cucumber kolsch and call it a day yeah no I, i'm serious it tasted like some of these craft loggers or craft pilsners we've tried lately that's why i was i brought up to jordan he looked at uh, potentially the board he was doing some research while i was stepping away for a minute but i wouldn't like if you gave that to me i would think it was a cucumber Pilsner. If you didn't say anything. I can see it, yeah. If you didn't tell me. A little spice here. Because I think that's where the ale part of it comes in. Maybe a little different grain bill. But, yeah. I mean, that's the exact type of thing you'd want on a hot day. It's great. It's good. All right, you want to grab the next can? We'll we'll do. While you're grabbing it. But, yeah. I I I tend to agree with you. I think there were... uh, You know, it was... A mostly older crowd. There was a wide breadth of age groups represented. Some of it might have been, you know, and this is just something I kind of thought of. I mean, if there's a kids event happening, mm-hmm. older people are naturally going to be there. But none of the older people that were sitting inside, actually maybe two groups, actually had kids with them. That's what I was saying. The people with the kids were outside. That's true. 
This is that's the interesting thing about maybe it's just today it was a fluke because there wasn't an event for older people. They actually looked really cool because they had like these little cheeseburger sliders and like special can you know four packs and I was super jealous, but we were definitely not old enough to be there. But <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's like a really cool thing to do. I'm sure some of them stuck around, but you and I are usually not. I mean, we're in our thirties. We're usually not the youngest guys in a, in a craft brewery. It's true. And today mm-hmm. we were we mostly were yes. So it, it's, there were some girls that were close to our age and that were probably a little bit younger, but mm-hmm. um, we were. Oh, thank de- you, sir. Definitely towards the bottom of that. Which is just an interesting thing. It just it makes you a little bit more curious, or maybe made me more curious about their um, maybe their approach to how do they decide what they're brewing and how do they market it because it looks like just off of one visit. That their demographic is a little bit different from like Midtown or something, you know? Yeah. Okay. This one, Jordan, I think um, we had a discussion at the table of which one to pick for a girl, oh. crowd number two. And I think this oh. one you convinced me to get. So, yeah, no, cheers. You convinced me. Did I? Yeah, we were so... Well, that's right. Here, we'll, cheers. We'll, we'll, yeah, cheers. Let's drink real quick. Drink course, bad luck. Um, mm. Oh, that's good. That's even better than it was there. It's true. Um, so, oh. I'll talk about why I like this better than most things in this style. Um, but Chris and I were debating about this crowler in particular. So Chris had picked, hey, I want to do a cider. Because there's quite a few ciders on the board. And then we realized, mm-hmm. hey, the cider crowler selection at High Water is restricted. Mm-hmm. But that is a special. This one. Oh yeah, this cherry perry was a special that you could actually do. <laughs> Did I tell you what happened when I bought this crowd? I was standing right there. That girl was like kind of snappy, and I just pointed at the sign that said "crawlers for sale ten dollars." <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was like you're good. Uh, yeah, Chris was like, "Hey, I want to get uh, two crawlers of this cider." She's like, oh, "We don't do that. Absolutely not. We don't do that. We don't own that company." And he was like, but what about that sign that says you met, you put that exact thing in the house for crawlers? And she's like, something perked up. I was like, oh, you're right. That's fine. That was only 10 bucks. Um, yeah. And so then for this other, the first beer, right? Because we did one cider mm-hmm. and then part of crawler number two for this. Um, this crawlers two and three were included in my group on. Yeah. Um, um, we were thinking yeah, about doing good. the cucumber kolsch. Uh, we also thought they had the, this orange chocolate cream ale. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, they were both good. They're the and I mean they were both good. And I think I would have preferred between those two. I would have preferred to do a crowler of the kolsch. Chris would have preferred to do a crowler of the orange chocolate cream ale. But I had serious doubts about my ability to finish a pint of that cream ale. Yeah, and, uh, I stand by my my personal <laughs> limitations of finishing a whole pint of that. It was mm-hmm. good. I am coming around to more of the cream ale vibe. Um, yeah. But uh, so we opted for. So you guys can stop wondering what we're actually drinking. We actually ended up doing their um, wheat beer. Yeah. So you're the one that actually pointed it out, and this is why this is interesting to me. Uh, the, it was considered on the board, I forget what they called it, the actual name was a white ale. And then you look at the description, it said wheat beer, and then you pointed out next to it also said wit beer. Wit beer. 
Yeah. And for people who don't know, wit beer, wheat beer, Hefeweizen, wheat ale are all very similar. Mm-hmm. But wit beer automatic like to me most often implies implies being the operative word most often implies um some sort of spice or earth tone in this wheat beer vibe Mm -hmm. and if they used a belgian yeast it can also have a little bit of a funk to it yeah and sometimes i really like the funk oftentimes i do really like the funk there is something about wit beers where you and I often don't enjoy the funk. <laughs> it's like a foul tasting version of Blue Moon, and we don't yeah. we already don't really like Blue Moon that much. <clears throat> so Yeah. So Chris said, Hey, what about the wit beer? And I, you know, we were doing the married couple thing, and it's like, babe, we don't like wit beer. Well, you're the one that also tried to uh, convince me that we need to start getting into more Belgian style yeast. It's true. So it's true. I'm trying well, to play I'm ball getting, with you. I'm interested in getting into Belgian ales, like Abbey ales specifically, because they actually use sugar in the fermentation process. Mm, yes. Like, like, so you get these sort of like burnt sugar kind of overtones, or these like mapley kind of. Like, I'm just interested. Or you can also get yeah. fruity notes from the yeast in combination with the sugar. So mm-hmm. I'm interested because there's a lot of things you can do with Belgians. But like IPAs, you and I have had plenty of bad IPAs. Yeah. I think Belgians are kind of the same thing, and that's just something new for us to explore. In any case, I was nervous about this whipped beer, but Chris ended up talking them into giving us a sample. And we tried it, and is this is in within the whipped beer style, but I think yeah. it's pretty mild. Like if you just handed yeah. this to me and said, hey, it's a wheat beer, I would believe you. But I don't think... Well... Definitely. I don't feel like they used an American yeast on this, though. No. I was just about to say, it's, I, you have a nose for Simcoe, and I can smell Belgian yeast. That shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whatever so, they did in the Belgian yeast, but there is, you know, in a lot of wheat beer and hef, there's that banana characteristic versus clove. Mm-hmm. I am getting a very, very subtle banana characteristic, but mostly clove. Yes. I feel like the clove was done... Very, very well, and the yeast yeah. doesn't detract. Like, a lot of times the yeast in wit beer, for my palate at least, can become a little overwhelming and take away to the point where I would just rather have a German wheat, a Hefeweizen, right? Mm-hmm. Or an American wheat, yeah. and just would, would rather not deal with the Belgian yeast. Yeah, this this one, that's a, I guess that's an interesting thing Like when you talk about beers made with Belgian yeast. Can you think of one that we've had where the Belgian yeast character, like the flavor contribution and how it changes the beer, isn't one of the dominant tasting notes or or aromatics? No, and that's what I think is our turnoff to Belgian yeast is that most of the times we've had a Belgian is that um, the yeast becomes so much of the focal point that it kind of, Mm. you know, admittedly because Chris and I... In our beer journey, here's a stepwise motion, right? Yeah. Hey, man, we got to figure out hops. Mm-hmm. After we figured out hops, quote unquote, figured out hops, yeah. to the point where we can kind of guess at least the country that the hops are from, <clears throat> mm-hmm. if not the exact hop variety. But hey, man, let's start figuring out grain. Yeah. And we still have more work to do on both areas, but we kind of have a general idea of what we're looking at for grain. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, yeast is probably our our you know of those three hops malt and yeast yeast is probably the one that we could stand to understand more of the most of the three yeah <clears throat> in yeah. belgian yeast there's a variety of things you can do with it and especially in a wit beer style like at least for like hefeweizen yeast if you ferment like within the temperature range if you ferment at the lower end of the so like 65 to 75 is a very common range that's not the end all be all range but that's a mm. very common range if you ferment closer to 65 you get more of the clove characteristic mm. if you ferment closer to 75 you get more of the banana characteristic and so to me the fact that this has more clove and it's not and also the, here's an back up real quick outside of that belgian yeast oftentimes ferment at higher temperatures 75 mm. even 85 up to 90 wow and that's when they're really really active right okay <clears throat> so it makes me wonder if maybe the reason this yeast isn't as prominent in the wood beer is they fermented it in the 60s and so it has that clove characteristic that's really great with this sort of wheat oriented style be it a wit beer a half or an american wheat ale and you still have that citrusy, earthy kind of quality from Belgian yeast. There's like a, you know, that's really what we're talking about when we talk about funk. There's like this citrus, yeah. earthy kind of thing. <clears throat> but it's very, very understated to where... Yeah, I was going to ask you, this beer specifically, the body <clears throat> is pretty light. Like it's a very... If it wasn't for the Belgian yeast, I could probably throw one of these back without realizing pretty quick. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe that was on purpose. Like, they're trying to make it kind of lighter. I think it's a little bit more crushable, if you will. Yeah. Crushable. We should have a button that just says crushable. Man. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, they added this, this yeast in here to kind of give it a little more complexity. But I don't think, I think the way they did it, maybe you're onto something, the way they did it added complexity without making it too... Um, too much, if you will. Like, like it's still pretty drinkable. It's pretty um, light. It's like a light mouth feel. It doesn't have a lot. It doesn't punch you in the face like some of the other Belgians we've had. Uh, but yeah. it still has the qualities. It, you're right. So wheat beers, by nature, are typically crushable, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, wheat beer is one of the styles where... How many people do you know? Like, oh, I only drink wheat beers. I only drink lagers, right? Like, wheat beers... Are in the same like sort of like mm -hmm. I'm not into craft beer. I just drink Blue Moon. Yeah. Or I like Great White. Like those kinds of things. And so it's naturally crushable. So I think what's real, what I really appreciate about this is that the Belgian yeast. What kind of what you were saying? I'm just going to kind of add another layer. Is like this is already a crushable style, and the not just the yeast they used, but the way they used the yeast adds just a touch of complexity. If you're paying attention. <clears throat> yep. I think so. But if you don't know any better, it also tastes just like a normal wheat beer. And that is kind of, in my mind, sort of the epitome of what high water is. Where it's like, hey, if you're looking for something to pay attention to, we got beers that do that. If you don't know any better, just drink it. Yeah. You're going to have a great time. And so... <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, I'd say you nailed it. That's my impression. This is a very good. I don't. I don't usually go for like my favorite a wheat beer, or a white ale. I think it might be great white. 
And the way that they... This is an interesting thing. This tastes a little bit like a Belgian gray white. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So this is on their board characterized as a white ale, which is similar to Lost Coast gray white style. It's named the same, but I would say these are very different. Does Lost... I'm almost certain Lost Coast Great White actually has Belgian yeast. Are you hitting the Google machine? I'm hitting the Google machine. We should have a sound effect for that too, like a beep boop 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 little thing. <laughs> Let me like clean the phone lines really quick. A dot matrix printer. <laughs> uh, side note, um, if you guys ever get bored. Oh, well, it's huh. granted the same because it is also a wit beer. What? Yep. Ah, oh, sneaky, sneaky Belgian-style wit beer. <clears throat> Isn't that funny that we don't really like Belgians, but one of the first beers we got into is technically a Belgian. doesn't taste like one. It's really fruity. You know, and maybe that covers the banana clove or the yeast pretty well. Maybe that's... I purpose. do think that... Um, so you're right. I do think that the citrusy qualities are also under the Belgian, excuse me, under the Belgian sort of denomination. But mm -hmm. interesting. I'm like, this is like a Belgian version of Great White. It's like, no, this is basically Great White. Mm -hmm. Without the fruit. Yeah. Which you wouldn't think. Like, that's, that's my point. Is like, <clears throat> so you know that Great White is a white ale or a, a wood beer. Because maybe you've read the label, whatever. And you go to High Water and you get one of these and think, oh, I like wood beers. And you try this. This is a real wood beer. And it's a little different. It is a little bit different. It's less citrus, more earth. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit less body. I think Great White's got a bigger presence. <clears throat> but the aromatics on this beer. Do you smell them? Oh, man. Oh, I think this has more body. Yeah. I mean, okay, so I don't know when the last Ooh. time you had Great White was, but I had it like two months ago. Ah. Yeah, it's been a while. And Sorry, I think I this is a little thicker. I think this one's got two C's, and Great White's only got one C. Still a little thick, but you know. But it's not quite a Q. It's true. <clears throat> mm. Yeah, alright, so. It's good stuff. Were there any parts of your high water experience? That made you kind of pause. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Well, we talked about the red ale. Well, let's talk about it here. Yeah. What about the so, red ale? The red ale didn't have red ale characters characteristics that we normally find in red ale. So, like, I think we talked about it too when we drank the pecan, uh, the pecan pie, um, American strong ale. Yes, American strong ale. That tasted to me more like a red ale with pecans in it. So. Okay. More than the red ale tasted like a red ale. Not that it was a bad beer. The red ale just tasted more like a rye IPA. I think we've had in the past. Um, you compared it to Sierra Nevada's flip side, the red IPA. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to talk about. Uh, you know, I have deep feelings yeah, about that beer. So it's the only time I've ever seen you cuss in the presence of a stranger. Because mm -hmm. um. <laughs> they were wrong. <laughs> To be fair, I, I think for a long time you were in dis a disagreement with me about what happened in that because you thought I was accusing you of cussing at the person. Mm, yeah. And really, yeah. I've just been informing you that you cussed in their presence and then after you cussed, talked at them. Yes, yeah, so that's actually very different. <laughs> we're going to uh, lawyer like, this no, one. I was like, no, that 
fucking shit right there. And then you like start and talk to the person again. But you were like, hey, fucker. Um, hey, you, you do not tell me that some <laughs> other beer is like basically the same as my favorite beer of all time. It's, uh, you cannot tell me not. that. Yeah, it's true. It's not. <laughs> so the red ale was different in color. You know, my guess was it just it omitted portions of the grain bill that are typical of a red ale. And, you know, as someone who, even on air on this podcast, has taken some flack for being a little obsessed with red ales. Mm. You know, as the, the resident podcast red ale expert. Yeah. I, if you had given this to me and said, this is a red ale, it was off the air. I'd probably been like, WTF. Like, this is well, not a red ale. If I gave it to you and didn't tell you what it was, would you have told me it was a red ale? No, I would have guessed. I would have guessed some sort of IPA because it was very hot forward. Yeah, it was like a bitter amber. You know, not quite as dark as a regular. Yeah, that, and that so like, why IPA is a perfectly good guess. Yeah, uh, IPA is a perfectly good guess. It was pretty hoppy. Uh, you know, you could even. I wouldn't have even hated the guess like American barley wine because those are a little bit hop forward. Yeah, but if it was a barley wine and it was only like six percent, that would have been a weak barley wine. You know. Agreed. So, Agreed. And that's why, yeah. I, and that's where maybe I like it. And that's the thing though, is it was a little bit too malt forward for what we would have expected from, because it wasn't a hazy. It was a little too malt forward yeah. for a West Coast IPA. And it was a little bit darker than most West Coast IPAs. It was like, maybe it's a rye, it, maybe dude, it's a red IPA. I don't know. It, it was wasn't like right good. there with Flipside, uh, that uh, fall seasonal <clears throat> rye IPA Sierra Nevada had. It was like right there. It just was, it was. Slightly Flipside less was hoppy. a red IPA. It was a red rye IPA. Okay, it had cool. rye. Okay, great. so it was red. But I'm saying like it was. That's tech. I guess, I guess it's technically a red ale, but it's it was marketed more as an IPA, and I think it was hoppier more like an IPA. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of if you were to told me would have told me that was like a maybe a session version of mm-hmm. that beer. I'm like, okay, cool. This is red, but don't tell me it's a red ale. That's I'm <laughs> almost certain that they. I, I don't know. If they used. Okay, so I'm going to get a little bit beer nerdy on you. If they use a crystal malt, so crystal malt is one of the... Crystal malt and... um, Gosh, I'm totally drawing a blank. Um, It's not... Oh, it's... Uh, Munich or... There's another adjunct. Anyways, there's another adjunct that sort of can contribute to... Oh, to the red hue. To the red hue. Oh, Um, okay. Now I can't remember either. You told me at the table. It's like flaked barley or something like that. Um, Yeah. In any case, it doesn't matter. So there's the two things that give the red ale its color would be um, two of the primary things would be a, some sort of crystal malt. And crystal malts have different types of ratings. And so uh, 60 is called Love of Bond is the different type of rating, which mm. just refers to the amount of time it was kilns before it was sent to like okay. the brewer. And so 60 Love of Bond is like a middle ground. Mm. And also, some brewers will use like 120 level bond in addition to it. So if they did for some reason use a crystal malt, I think they only used 60 and didn't add like just a touch of 120 and maybe not the adjunct. But I feel almost, almost like certain that they didn't use any crystal malt because there was, I won't say no red hue, but certainly very little. Like I could, like oh. I could make a very strong case that, like, like you said, like that was just an amber ale. 
So check this out. The color that we're talking about here, and this is maybe this is helpful. I don't know how many of you guys work on your own cars, but like new motor oil. It's like that color, which isn't red. It's like a golden brown, right? Would you say that's a, an accurate color to describe what we... Of what we drank today? Yes. Okay, cool. I thought you were describing like a normal red ale. No, like, nope, they're no, fucking no, no. red. <laughs> yes, I actually took a picture because it was not red, and uh, I can show you guys if you want to look. So let me know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so yeah, and as someone who's again, uh, Chris gives me a hard time. It's also accurate. You know, you don't see red ales very often in breweries, and mm-hmm. if I'm doing a flight, I see a red ale. Yeah, they're good. They're good. They're good. And also, it's um, Chris and I joke about when we do flights, we'll do something hoppy, something dark. And something sort of malty that's not dark, typically. Mm-hmm. And then fourth could be a variety of things. Could be sour, could be dealer's choice, could be another mm-hmm. hoppy, could be another dark. But we try to sort of, it could be a lighter beer, it could be a blonde. Mm-hmm. Try to hit the, the spread, right? Yeah, but for me, when I'm drinking a flight, I'm trying to get sort of a transitional experience from one style to the next. And I actually think about, okay, what order should I drink these three to six beers in depending on the size of the flight and a red ale to me is the perfect transition from those hoppier beers to those darker beers oh yes indeed and that's why i really have gone for them just because for me in my flight it provides sort of the best sort of like macro experience thinking of if you could drink the these four beers in the proper order or in an order that was the least shocking on your palate. Like if you drink a blonde ale and then a stout and then a cranberry sour and then an IPA <laughs> and you're like, holy cow, that's a lot. But if you take those same beers and you start with the cranberry sour and then do the blonde mm-hmm. and then do the, the IPA and then the stout, mm-hmm. you're doing much better. You know, I wonder how many people mm-hmm. go to breweries and don't understand like um, transitions or uh, building flights and they, they have a bad time at a brewery. Like, oh, I don't like this very much because they've roasted their palate. You know, how often do you think that happens? Probably you know? a lot. And it's you know, unfortunate. And that's, um, I do appreciate there are some breweries that have beer tenders that kind of wait to hear the four you're ordering mm. when they write it and they'll actually put them in the right order for you. Yeah. You know, it's like, hold on, what four are you doing? It's like, okay, I put them out of order, but I put them in the order you should drink them in. <laughs> Yeah. And I wrote on the flight board which ones you have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the red ale, I think, the red ale is probably the biggest disappointment from today. Um, it was the only beer that we had that made me be like, bro, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's kind of funny. We're, we're kind of beating up on high water a little bit. I think the next beer, we're going to have a lot of love for high water. But it's going to be like, it's true. oh, yeah. It's true, so it's true. We're going to end, hopefully, on a better note. <laughs> Although it is a variant that we haven't had of a beer that we do like. So um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how we do. Um, but oh, no, I man. think, you know, no, no brewery is perfect, you know. Um, Maybe that was an experimental red ale. And they just didn't market it as such. And they're trying something new. But when you say it's a thing and then, well, well, I don't know how many people around there are beer snobs either. So when you say it's a thing and it doesn't come out to be that thing, but you don't mention that it wasn't supposed to be that thing in the first place. People are going to be like, what the hell is it? And to be fair to them, because there aren't very many red ales, even on the commercial market. Oh, yeah. Like, 
The two commercial, quote-unquote, commercial red ales I can think of would be like Killian's Irish Red, mm-hmm. which most people haven't had. Yeah, I don't see that everywhere. It's, that's like here or there sometimes. You can get it at like Target even. Um, yeah, but it's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can find it if you look for it, but it's not something like that's like as readily available as sort of about readily available and exactly uh, uh, the other one would be actually BJ's Jeremiah Red Those oh good BJ's oh I got one for you too okay um, I see this one all over the place Red Trolley from Cross Trials oh sure I see sure, that sure, one sure. That's a, that, to me that's the that's the red that's the big boy uh, <clears throat> and so can I add one that's a, kind of a stretch okay it's it's a really big step Away, but I would argue if you really wanted to be, I don't even know what the word is for it, but Sam Adams Boston Lager is oh, related. Oh, that's a big stretch. It's a big stretch, but I know it's a different style. Tasting notes are. It's not, it's not, it's not far, far off. It's not super far. But so. okay, so, anyways, that's three legitimate red ales we can. You know, there's a yeah, bastard. Thank you for what I just said. Even if, you, even if you want to call it four, which I don't, but even if you want yeah. to call it four, there's been at least 25 IPAs that came out just this Saturday in the Sacramento area. Yeah. You know, and so I think they can get away with, you know, if the thing they screwed up was the red ale, and not too many people are reaching for the red ale, anyways. Admittedly, so I think, yeah, I think they're doing okay. I just had so I have two ideas. One of them just occurred to me, and and it's like one of those. If I had a light bulb over my head, it would be glowing pretty bright right now. Uh, <clears throat> so we're gonna start with the other one. If you like just basic Boston Lager, you're probably a fan of Red Ales. You probably like them. Like if you get Red Trolley or uh, Killian's Irish Red, you know what I mean. Carl Strauss Red Trolley is the way to go. Yeah, but I'm saying sure. you probably was really, thing. really like. If you drink Boston Lager all the time, you're probably gonna love French Trolley. It's true. You know what I mean, my it's other true. idea. Okay, so <clears throat> this this we're drinking the the white ale, the the wit beer. It doesn't have cucumber in it, and it has Belgian yeast. Try a sip and pretend it's cucumber Kolsch, just for like thirty seconds. Ignore the Belgian yeast. Pretend it's cucumber Kolsch. What are your thoughts? Okay. <laughs> am I crazy or am I onto something here? What do you think? So at the brewery, you and I talked about this idea of split batches. Yes. Yes. I think, I think these. I think. <laughs> I think this is the same beer as cucumber Kolsch, except for the fermentation temperatures and then the adjunct to get the cucumber flavor into cucumber Kolsch. So you taste the similarity? I'm not oh, crazy? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay. That's why I took that if last sip. If you change my... the yeast and add a cucumber flavor, it is, in fact, the same beer. Maybe if you looked at the specifics of the grain bill, yeah. there's a little bit of nuance. <clears throat> but um, take away the adjunct and outside of the yeast, as far as the grain bill, the grain bill, the water, and the hops... Mm-hmm. Which is three of the four core ingredients. Mm-hmm. There's got to be at least an eighty to ninety percent. Um, like a correlation or similarity. Yes, 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 yes. And um, so that's assuming other, other you assuming. Words. And for our listeners to be clear, that's assuming. So the four main ingredients are water, malt, yeast, and hops. 
Mm -hmm. That's assuming that you've allocated 25% for each category, Mm -hmm. which, fine if you want. Um, But, um, assuming water malt, yeast, and hops, even if 75% are at least 80% the same, that means minimum 60% of this beer is the same as the other. Minimum, if probably not more. But yeah, to your point too, it's small changes. So going from 60% to 100% are just a couple of small changes mm-hmm. in the direction of what you're, you're intending to make. Well, it's just using you know a different yeast strain, mm-hmm. and then that was pretty much the biggest change. And mm-hmm. yeast imparts a big, a big flavor, but most of that beer is the same, I think. Yes. That's a good pull. Good for you. <laughs> Haven't lost my touch. Also, high water, we're on to you. We figured you out. Hashtag breweries. Um, <laughs> yeah, hashtag everyone else is doing this too. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag the Illuminati is going to come find us. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> we know your secrets. Hashtag we'll start reading homebrew books. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's do the, grab the third can. Oh, oh boy. I know. We tried to uh, go quicker on this one. We're not even drinking the whole corraler. We're just doing a little sample. We are, go- we are going quicker. <laughs> and it's, we're still in an hour. So... Beer Buddies episodes, I feel like, are minimum two hours nowadays. We'll be able to wrap up around an hour and a half, which is pretty good for us. It's pretty good. All right, this is the... Go ahead. You ready? Yeah, me see. Oh, okay, my turn. Um, This beer is one that Jordan and I have had. Well, not this one, but the original. The variation of the beer. This one's a variation. The OG version... Is probably what people know High Water for. Their one hit wonder. If you leave if you leave Sacramento area, I've seen this beer on the East Coast, I've seen it all over the place. Oh really? Uh, Campfire Stout. So it's a s'mores flavor profile for a stout. So you're thinking it's got some chocolate, it's got some marshmallows, some graham notes to it. Uh, it's yeah. it's uh, it good. Does. I would argue I haven't tried it around a campfire, but I think it would go pretty well. A little bit of smoky fl- uh, smell from the wood, and you drink this beer; it's a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. Nice mix. This one is actually campfire stout, carbonated with, with coffee. With coffee. Uh, if you're really lucky, you find campfire stout nitro on tap somewhere, and that's a treat. Which is also Oof. a high water. They usually have. It is sort of like I guarantee you they would say, "Hey, it's probably our most popular beer." Because they had a nitro version, they had a the regular version, mm-hmm. and they had an adjunct variation version, being coffee. Mm-hmm. And so, here, fun facts, it's split bashing again. Oh, for sure. So, so what? How? How's the? I guess the difference between. So you have a split batch. You make if you're going CO two versus nitro. Um, you just—it's the same beer, though, it's right? It's the same beer. It just goes through a nitro tap, which is mm. hooked up to a nitrogen tank, mm. versus a regular tap hooked up to a CO2 tank, which just changes the texture of the carbonation of the beer. Yes, and also my my hand gestures and nodding of my head you guys can't see but I'm drawing when Jordan said that I was moving my hands around drawing the okay, well I so. think it really helps you understand what <laughs> it does I, I speak with my hands I've knocked over many a drink and then uh, uh, it's true <laughs> and then oh. for the coffee version all they would do is 
transfer the regular to a secondary fermenter and add coffee, that's on the homebrew level. Maybe at the commercial level, they just add coffee into it after it's finished fermenting for X number of days when the yeast is sort of, you know what I mean? Almost like a, like a dry hopping with coffee beans. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, Which actually, so to that point too, a lot of the places that we drink beer from, like craft places that make coffee flavored, like made with whatever's, you know, um, whatever uh, coffee houses coffee, it's usually they're spent beans. Yeah. So it's less intense of a flavor. Right. Great. And then last time I went, right, because this is my second time going, last time I went, they actually had the bourbon barrel campfire stout on draft, which is mm-hmm. cool. So that one was aged in a barrel, mm-hmm. or at least aged over oak chips. Yeah. And then they also had an imperial campfire stout on draft, Oh. which is just a heavier duty version of this. I bet you that was good. So, so that one, I did have that one. That one I really liked. So Well, you've had the barrel aged version. Do you remember when? I've had it a few times. Was there a specific... Which time were well, you referring to? Maybe it was my first time, and I, I remember. Maybe it wasn't your first time, and you forgot. That's okay. But... <laughs> okay, so. well, the time that really sticks out to me is the first time we did a bourbon barrel stout vertical trying to dethrone Goose Island. Where I had that wine bottle that was wax-dipped. Mm-hmm. That I brought back from yep. up north. Yeah, mm-hmm. from a from adventure out of town. Yeah. Here, let's so that's, drink real quick. So that's what I was saying. That was the first time I'd even seen that. Cheers, have drink horse, bad luck. I don't like the coffee in it as much. It's still good, but I don't like the coffee as much. You know what it tastes like? Kind of like Guinness. It tastes a little ashy to me. Yeah. Maybe there's too many flavors happening with the coffee. And there's not very much body. I think if it had more of a... Like maybe if this is a coffee imperial style, a little bit more malt-based to it, a little bit more mm-hmm. body, this would be really good. This It seems a little thin for... No, I'm, I'm serious. This is like I think a, they should have used more of like an oats, like giving oats mm. or um, something else to give it more of that body. Yeah. That more mouthfeel. Malto, malto, maltodextrin? Maltodextrin, sorry. Yep, from the corn. Um, no, 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 that's just like an actual thing that you can add to beer. Yeah, it's a sugar. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a complex sugar, is what it is. But uh, in, in any case, yes, I. This is perfectly good. Oh, this is a good beer. It's just. If this was branded, and this is what we talk about all the time, if this was branded as a coffee stout, no problems, right? Yeah. You might not love it, but coffee stout, yep, it's a coffee stout. But campfire stout with coffee, like, okay, in the name of coffee, you've gotten rid of the marshmallow and the graham cracker. Those flavors were very subtle and, like, understated. This is always, to me, and like, camp- very strong. campfire stout was always a very, very classy <clears throat> stout. It's very light stout, as far as stouts go, for bitterness and all mm-hmm. that. It's very, very drinkable. It was a... Uh, Approachable mm-hmm. if you're not into stouts. This, what's really funny is the coffee gives this a kick in the ass, which it kind of pushes it back into your traditional stout range of bitterness and um, a little bit of a bite to it, if you will. Especially on the back end, the coffee really um, is is known as you get the back of the mouth feel, the back of the mouth flavors, the the post drink decomposition. Mm-hmm. That coffee really lingers. So real quick, mm. if I said. Okay, someone's going to come to you mm. to talk to you about beer. 
Okay, I'm excited. Okay. Good, yep. Mm-hmm. Happens to us kind of regularly. Okay. Um, now, they're looking to get into dark beers. Hmm. But the only dark beer that they like so far is Guinness. And you can only suggest two dark beers to help get them into heavier beers. What beers are you suggesting? How dark is dark? Brown or black? So you can only suggest two stouts to help. Oh, okay. That's why I was asking. This is... But they already like Guinness. Which two stouts will you tell them to drink to help get more into the stout (laughs) game? (laughs) I was going to suggest a porter and a stout. And if I say that, which ones am I talking about, Jordan? Porter? Yeah. Which porter are you suggesting? Black Butte Porter. Obsidian Stout. Oh. (laughs) Those would be the two. This is so similar to those two beers because of the coffee. If it wasn't for the coffee, it would no, be no, a completely different... No, 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 but the one different... thing you is Guinness. Does that change your answer? Well, I'm a little bit surprised that you said those two. I didn't think of those two. I'm thinking this, but but Guinness is kind of like we call it the Coors Light of dark beers, right? True. Yeah, 100% uh, correct. This would be a mediocre... This is, if you're thinking Guinness is kindergarten, this is like second grade, I would say a really good gateway beer for dark beers isn't Guinness it's actually um, Obsidian or Black no, no. Porter they're already in they already like Guinness and they want yeah. to get into dark beer that's what I'm saying so so they're in the door yeah. so I'm, I would use Black Butte Porter because it's a little more complex to get you into the tasting of porters and then maybe Obsidian Stout and say hey here's the difference between these two you're going to see a lot of crossover <clears throat> when you're drinking stouts but you know agreed I, I so I I love both of those selections uh, Obsidian Stout is one of my favorites Okay, so I, get rid of Black Butte Porter? Wait, wait, wait. Okay. I'm just okay. going to tell you right. what I thought my guesses were going to be. Oh, okay. okay. I thought your my, my guess is for you, because when we've talked about this in the past, the two beers you've pointed to were Dragon's Milk. No, this is for barrel-aged beers. And Campfire Stout. Well, yeah, Campfire Stout Regular. Okay, maybe that's maybe that's where I misunderstood what your question was. I campfire stout regular. I mean, no, your answers is, were great. I just was wrong about my prediction. No, I'm saying like a campfire stout to me. If if someone likes porters, that <clears throat> seems more. It's not really a stout stout like traditional stout. So like more like a, I'd, I'd put it in like pastry stout character or category. Who, almost. Which one? The regular campfire stout. You put almost pastry. Stout. Almost pastry stout. Okay. It's sweet. It's not very bitter. It's got like kind of a medium light body to it. I mean, we're coming from Guinness though, so just keep it. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you're talking to someone, hey, I want to get you into stouts, would you give them a pastry stout or would you give them, like, a stout? Like, a by the book. I guess you'd have to. Depends on the person. Honestly, I'd probably give them a pastry stout. Yeah? To kind of tiptoe in? I mean, maybe. Well, well go hold on. Keep keep your energy, though. Where are you, where are you headed? Just tell me what your direction is. Uh, my whole point was, like, we've had a lot of stouts. Air quotes. I'm using air quotes for everyone at home. But, uh,. They aren't necessarily your textbook stout. Okay. And so are you asking, is, is your friend asking to get into traditional stouts or into like the wild and crazy craft stouts well, that we so have Well, so my, my, my original hypothesis was they like Guinness and they want to get into dark beer. Where mm-hmm. are you taking them next? And I would say if you can appreciate uh, Black Butte Porter and you can appreciate Obsidian Stout, then... You're knee-deep, at least, in the waters you need to be walking through or swimming in. So, 
It's true. Uh, campfire stout, I honestly, I would put it next to a pastry stout and tell me that, I would ask you to tell me the difference. But the other thing too is, is we're talking about barrel aged stuff. If you want to get into really heavy shit, I use Dragon's Milk or I use the regular um, Wild Turkey Anderson Valley. As, oh, as, that, that's a good one. Those two are very light for barrel aged beers. And those are and entry so is, into... And so if you can find barrel-aged campfire stout, so is that. It is. It's very, very approachable, yes. Um, but then that gets your foot in the door for that really deep rabbit hole of some of that crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. shit, You're right? You're right. I didn't... So, when I asked you the question, I don't think I had fully comprehended the... I hadn't really considered that I was asked... My prediction was predicated on uh, bourbon barrel-aged beer. But I think... Where you went is actually a good a good choice. Um, I would even recommend this to someone who likes traditional stouts. A little bit of bitter from the malt, not from the hop. Sure. Um, a medium bodied, uh, you know, dark chocolate, coffee flavor. You know, we're already getting some of those from a traditional stout. This to me, if you didn't tell me it was a coffee stout, I might ask because of the aftertaste. But yeah, it tastes like it's got coffee in here. I don't know. But I would be like, if you said no coffee, I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe they just used a different, however they made the malt uh, taste this way. Man, okay, cool. Maybe they had some special trick. I don't know. If someone didn't tell you that was a coffee stout, you might have some questions. But if they were like, no, this is not a coffee stout, you'd be like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? We've had some coffee stouts that are like coffee Oh, it's true. This is a coffee stout. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had some coffee stouts like, this is like, coffee. Tell me there's no coffee in here, fucking liar. <laughs> yeah. No. You could lie to me and tell me that there's not coffee in here. I'd probably buy it. They give you a taster. You're going to ask questions. But if they double down, I'd be like, eh, okay. This okay. ashy taste, I really don't like. Um, so one of the things I've been reading about in my homebrew mm. journey is that uh, high amounts of chocolate malt, like there's this, and I don't, I'm not calling high water out, and I don't know that this is what they've done, but high amounts of chocolate malt actually don't result in chocolate; they result in like a lot of like ashy, acidic sort mm. of taste, and this has that. Now I don't know if that's from the coffee beans or from the malt, but that's kind of my guess, is that I think they used coffee and a high amount of chocolate malt because. When you use chocolate malt with the marshmallow and the graham cracker, it was great. And so mm-hmm. this was coffee, a coffee version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I see where you're going. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to balance the coffee, if you scaled up to use just a little bit more of the chocolate malt to balance it out, and you ended up getting mm-hmm. a touch more of the acidity. Yeah. Is kind of my guess. That could be way off. Um, but in any case, I think it, it's interesting. Um, I was going to say, if you can drink through that, I know we have some a little bit left in each crowler, but I did also bring home a pint of Nitro Campfire. We can compare it side to side with the OG Nitro. Oh, would you like to do that? We might want to finish on that. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it. So, Well, I think even, do you want to get two little small sniffers out and just compare side by side right now? We didn't really talk about that, but I if you want. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have some left. Okay. No, I'm, I'm saying, so... And we'll drink it by the end of the night, but... Yeah, I, I think what we're, we're trying to say, maybe you have a different opinion, but this is my impression, is that we were told by High Water that a couple of their beers were a thing, and they're slightly not that thing. Sure. Or definitely not that thing. So, this beer, and we're not saying... That's the funny part, is that we're not saying it's 
bad. This is a delicious beer. I really like this coffee campfire stout. But I like it as a coffee stout. I don't like not it as campfire. coffee. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a little misleading. It's not bad. But if you're expecting Disneyland and you go to Universal Studios, right. But if you're going, uh, if you're going to SoCal and you end up at Universal, you might have had a great vacation. Oh yeah, be like, oh look at all this movie shit, these roller coasters, cool, fantastic. All right, let me grab it really quick and I get a couple of glasses here for us. This is nice when we got hard pour. It's true. Hard pour for our listeners. If you think about when you pour beer, you tilt the glass. Uh, anywhere from a 60 to 45 degree angle and gently pour the beer in at an angle and then as you're pouring the beer you might straighten the glass out to get just a little bit of foam but for nitro beers the bubbles don't move up they move down ooh and so roll it roll it just gently oh because it's yeah. Just gently. I'm rolling the can. Uh, for the listeners at home, I'm slowly rolling it in my hands. Great. I'm going to tilt we'll it upside down. It. Great. And now it's right, right side, side up. up. Mm-hmm. And then what I wanted to do is I wanted to let you keep talking, but when you crack open a can of nitro, it has a very interesting sound, which people that drink Guinness and Boddington's and stuff will recognize, mm-hmm. but not necessarily understand it. You have to tap it on the top three times. Uh, Great. Okay. Okay, and then you can open it. And then look over my left shoulder. Okay. <laughs> no, I just and have then, this weird thing where I go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, ready? Yeah. All right. It didn't do it. Oh, usually it makes like a gurgling sound. And then you know? we're going to pour, we're going to have the glasses straight on the table. Oh, yeah, he's just pouring straight down. We're going to pour it straight down. Straight down. Put it right next to the mic. A little bit more. A little bit more for you. Well, you're... Well, we're just tasting side by side. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Yeah. We get nitro wrong a lot. I just want to be honest with our listeners. Mm-hmm. We get nitro just absolutely correct. But the roll, the nice little roll and the gentle little, you know, little turn that you did, that ended up being a good pour. Good job. We finally got it. Well, you poured it. I, you know, I'm terrible at it, but I can have a perfectly set up beer. It's been cold for three days. I'll take it out of the fridge, crack it open very gently, pour it at like a 45, 50 degree angle, and it foams up like a son of a bitch. So, okay. Oh, this, man. So just smell this. Just smell it. I did. Just I just, it. I was waiting for you to catch up. Just so smell I, I smelled it. Woo! So, okay, hold on. I'm peeking out the mic because I'm getting excited. It's what we're afraid of here. So, <laughs> side by side. Regular campfire. This is nitro, but it's still marshmallow. regular. Marshmallow. Ooh, Vanilla, yeah. a little bit. Coffee. 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 Coffee and chocolate versus strictly marshmallow. I wonder if we poured some of this regular nitro into the coffee one. It would make <laughs> if it better. we'd actually get what we're looking for. That might be. We might have to do that here in a minute. Cheers. Cheers. Have to drink horse. Bad luck. Fuck you, Logan. <laughs> but. I love your mouse. There you go. See, this still has some of the stout characteristics, but I think the addition of however they get to the point where it tastes like marshmallow, the bitterness of cracker, the stout is still there, but it's, it's a tasting, little bit less. It's less, right? And so you can still taste more of like a dark chocolate, like yeah. a very like like a seventy percent cacao kind of chocolate. But I'm not actually getting graham cracker in the nitro. No, 
And maybe that's the can we got, or maybe that's the batch. We don't really know. But no, it's there. It's hidden behind the marshmallow, on the very, very back end. Okay, great. Well, the marshmallow is really strong in comparison. Yeah. So yeah, um, if the graham cracker is there, um, it's definitely on the back end. Oh, Chris is mixing. So, I just poured some of the coffee variant into the nitro original. About 50-50. Oh, give that a smell. Tell me that's not wonderful. See, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers again. Yeah. Fuck you, Logan. Love mouse. Bonsai. The coffee's still strong. But there's just a touch in the marshmallow. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? And the chocolate's not nearly as acidic. What's funny is I, I just I feel like I might have nailed that on the head as far as the chocolate malt usage on the coffee style. I very well again, yeah. I very well could be wrong, but playing yeah. the odds, I'm definitely in position well, to win. You just said playing, Vivian. He ain't playing. He's serious. Uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> so here's here's my, the funny part. If you handed me the three of these beers, say say we had the nitro regular, the coffee, and the blended. I would sit here and tell you the Nitro Regular is pretty good beer. That's a good stout. The coffee one, that's a good stout. That's just a good traditional stout. If you handed me the blended one, I would be like, this definitely has coffee in it. That's the funny part, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we put them together. Like, yeah, now it tastes like a coffee stout. Like, it's like, it hits the nail right on well, the head. I don't even think it tastes like a coffee stout. I think oh. it tastes like campfire stout with coffee. Yeah, that's well. Okay, that's 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 what I'm saying. And that's how this was tasted like a coffee stout. Yeah. Okay. Well, more like a. I would say it would be questionable as a coffee stout. I I don't disagree. Um, This one is campfire stout with coffee. That's really my primary. Hundred percent, and that's the funny part. You have to mix them together. (sighs) That's funny. But it's not a bad idea. Okay, now here's the thing. Hmm. Of the four beers, not the blended one, hmm. of the four beers, or four things we had, we'll just call, for the future of the podcast, we'll just call it the cider we started with the beer. Yeah. It's not a beer, but just for the sake of not yeah. having to differentiate, we'll just call it four beers. Being the cider, the wood beer, campfire style coffee, and nitro campfire. Did we drink them in the right order? I would say the first two, yeah. I would put Nitro Campfire in front of the coffee. Agreed. Campfire. Yeah, that Agreed. would be the only Which, change. That's it. To, for, in all fairness to us, the Nitro Campfire was served in prompt to decision, right? Mm-hmm. Great. Now, of the four, rank the cans. You know, we, we talked a lot of... Um, a lot of things about these beers. We said many words, and, and words were expressed with feelings. <laughs> and um, I would have to say this coffee campfire is the best of the three. Not the blend. No, just straight. Of the three crowlers. Yeah, straight. Coffee is the best. Uh-huh. What's number two? Uh, and this this goes back to me not liking Belgian stuff much. Um, I would probably put the cider number two, and then the the wit beer number three. Oh man, we could not be further apart. Okay, maybe this is a good time. We should ask Jordan what is your ranking. 
Um, what beer to me is number one. Okay. And then the campfire with coffee is number two. And then the wit beer, or sorry, the cider is number three. Okay. Um, okay. Nitro by itself would be number two. Yeah. Um, I really don't like the branding of um, the campfire with coffee. I think as from a brand, like being their flagship beer, I think they completely screwed up the branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, given that we could just blend some nitro campfire and get more of that marshmallow quality, that the marshmallow to me is the pinnacle part of that, mm-hmm. and to to not have that, I just I I can't go with it. I can't because it's no longer a campfire style. It's just a agreed. It's just a it's, beer. it's just a it's just a bad coffee style, and so um, you think it's a bad coffee style as far as. I don't mm. think it's a bad stout, but yeah. when I when you say, if you told me it's a coffee stout, I might have pushed back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it's a bad coffee stout because yeah. we've had plenty of stouts that Fair. have Fair. potent coffee. So, and I do think it's actually it's still very very funny that you pour regular campfire into the coffee stout and it makes it taste more like coffee campfire. Agreed. And that's really funny, but that's so. That's the thing is we we dog these guys. We drink these beers sometimes because of the marketing or because of the, the whatever they say it was or supposed to be or stylistic, whatever. Is it a bad beer? No. What would you, so just the coffee style, what would you grade it? <coughs> if you didn't know it was Campfire because it was some coffee style. If. <coughs> Sorry, they come in twos. Bless you um, twice. Except for earlier. Except yeah. for that one time. That's the one, uh, that's the one time yeah. I can remember recent memory where it's been one and, sneeze. And like, oh, Jordan's sure. recent memory goes back to when he was a year and a half old. <laughs> So that's, I mean, significant. Uh, you're not entirely wrong. Um, so, um, let me ask. Okay, let me just okay. ask this question. You did your can ranking. Okay, no, agree, agree, okay. agree. So let me. I'm, and here's why I'm asking the question. I'm not trying to get watered down with semantics. I'm actually just trying to delete sort of my experience with the beer mm. based on expectations. And the based on expectations portion yeah. of that sentence is really important. Yeah. So let me ask you this question to help me sort of rinse that from my memory. Are you asking me how good is that beer as a stout? Are you asking me how good is that beer based on a coffee stout? Or are you asking me how good is that beer based on being campfire stout with coffee? So I think we agree that it being a campfire stout with coffee, it's not good. No, thumbs down. Agree. Okay, but if and maybe that's just a bad idea, right? Like maybe yeah. campfire stout with coffee is not the best way. Like, I, I, I think you were onto something where it's like they brewed it differently, where it doesn't have it has coffee. But it doesn't have campfire stout. At the very least, the coffee overwhelmed the subtleties of the beer Mm -hmm. and the other parts of the beer that shine through outside of the coffee that we can taste are just not good. In any case, so what is the question that you're asking so I can effectively answer it? If I handed this beer to you and say, hey, try this stout, what would you grade it? Without knowing what it was, no expectations, and hey, here, try this stout. Um, So if I didn't know it was a coffee stout... All right, mm-hmm. you know, 
Uh, it's blind taste. Here you go. What do you think? I think between the malt profile and the fact that it does have coffee in it, it is a little on the bitter side. I would probably rate it in the low. It's not a bad beer. Yeah. Uh, it's bad for if it's a campfire variant, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to be very clear on. Yeah. Um, but bitterness in stouts is not like a downfall of the style. I I still think it's yeah. a little too bitter. Yeah, it could be. And so I would rank it, I would probably give it no less than an 80. Mm-hmm. If so, like, so if you gave it as low as like a 75, I wouldn't hate your grade. I would disagree. But I would probably, 75 to 85 is sort of my window. And I'm going to go ahead and give it like an 81, 82. I was going to say 80 to 85. Be minus to B. That's my, my grade. Because this, I mean, I could see myself... Even with the crowler, I'm like, hey, I get home from work, I pop open the crowler, I'm gonna split it between three glasses. You know, I might have. It's not. It's You're gonna drink the crowler by yourself. Yeah, well, I'm let me rephrase out. that. You're gonna drink two pints of that beer that we don't really like. That much. Yeah, maybe I, I come home and I watch an episode of a TV show and I cook dinner and then I come back and I'm chilling before I go to bed. So it's gonna take me a couple hours. I'll, I'll probably split it into three glasses instead of doing two pints. You know, I'll do a little, little smaller portions so like, based on what I'm doing. But okay. I could see myself being totally fine cracking open one crowler of that beer and say, yeah, this is a pretty good stout. Depending on what I'm making for food, for barbecuing or something, I'm pretty good. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm making breakfast for dinner with some waffles and eggs. So and I think, you know, based on our grades, I think you're trending a couple points higher than me. I think well, I am. Yeah. Whether, whether, what it, regardless of the points you want to assign, you know, our grading criteria can mm-hmm. be different. But I think, you know, if I was an 80, you're probably like an 84. Right. So, you have a lot more teaching experience than I have. I have maybe my entire life combined one year. So, my grading, teaching? yes, my grading policy is probably a little bit different than yours. Ah, it's beer. That's what, <laughs> it's beer. You're, We're I'm, so much more comparable on the beer thing than you've I, I'm just saying, you guys should trust Jordan's grading because he's done a lot more of it than I have. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So, if it's I'm a, a B minus, a B minus. Yeah. Well, like, that's a B minus. <laughs> you're like, I think that's a B. Maybe, you know, like, ah. I, I sound like the that. student. I'm like, yeah, hey, it's a, you say 81, I say 85%. It's tomato, tomato, right? <laughs> tomato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay great so yeah. while we're in the grading spirit you know we're kind of cycling down on these beers you know we're sort of or winding down rather um what would you grade like if someone said and I want you I'm gonna give you no context mm. okay. okay um one to a hundred strictly the beer of high water no experience no aura, no atmosphere, no, well, just the beer. Not just the ones we've had, but like if you okay. could extrapolate the beer, knowing what you know. What do you think the beer is really graded as? This is where I would feel bad because I would give them high 70s, low 80s overall. Okay. But I know what they're trying to do. And I appreciate what they're trying to offer and so that that would make me want to be more generous but I would also in this case if, if this if, if my critique actually had some sort of significant impact to the way they run their business or the way they brew their beer I would score them a little bit lower on purpose because I feel like on a couple of the things we tried 
they missed the mark a little bit, and I would want them to try a little bit harder. But overall, I think they're doing pretty good. Okay, so now if you were to take the experience and the food menu and the environment into consideration, does that change your grade? You can say no. I'm just, I'm just asking. It, 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 incre- it bumps up a little bit. You know, we didn't really try the food. We had just a couple of small beer pretzels, whatever. Um, most places have that. But I, we did see that they had a bunch of pizzas. They had a bunch of dips that were really, really good. I even saw a guy butchering some, some meat for whatever they cook on a, a normal day. Um, they had a huge board. They had a lot of seating, indoor, outdoor. I'm going to give them probably a mid-range B, B, B minus B overall. Uh, and we didn't experience all of it, but I could see the potential of what we didn't experience bumping it up a little bit from where we're at. So I agree. I think that's a whole I would shoot mm-hmm. between the 80 to 85 range. Here, here's a, a, it's fun still a ton spin. of fun. Wait, fun spin for you. Okay. If you are, so say we're going to uh, San Diego soon. We're going to hit Pizza Port, have some pizza, some beer, mm-hmm. and then pop around the city. Okay. I think High Water might be the pizza port on Lodi. Either you come in for lunch, excuse me, because they open at noon. You've got a lot of good food, a very wide selection of beer and drinks for whoever you're going with. And then you pop around Lodi and do some wine tasting. Or you can do some wine tasting and then end at High Water for dinner, right? Which now I, I think they're the pizza port of Lodi. Okay, of Lodi. Yeah. They serve a similar purpose, and they have a large menu. Okay. Uh, and they have pizza. <laughs> Name I mean, another brewery in Lodi right now. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, great. Name a winery in Lodi right now. Oh, I should know this because I've worked at like five or six of them. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not, that's not like a gotcha moment or anything. I, I'm just asking, oh. so now if I reframe the question. Wine and roses. I did an <laughs> 18-year-old's wedding there. It was weird. Great. But great. They're great people. Don't, you know, they're... Um, <laughs> it was just a weird the, venue. <laughs> the married couple's great. The venue's great. Also, the combination's weird. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, let me reframe the question and let's see if I have skewed it too much. You can correct me. Just know that regardless of whichever direction you go, there's a follow-up point. Is high water... I'm going to correct you right now. I'm just kidding. Nice. <laughs> is high water the pizza port of the greater Sacramento area? No. Okay, who is? Or is there? You know what? I think it would be insulting to say this, but I think Urban Roots might be on that list. Okay. But Did you have another brewery in mind? Not off. I, okay. I should off the top of my head, and but so, I think that's kind of an insult to Urban Roots, if I'm honest. But and so here's here's where I think you and I probably land together. I agree with you. Urban Roots to me is the pizza port of the Sacramento area. Uh, between High Water and Urban Roots, I think Urban Roots has much better beer. I think they have just as wide of a selection. Yeah. Um, the food's then, really good. I think the food is also yeah. really good. Um, High Water has more of a bar food vibe. Not We didn't get to, like, even if we wanted to eat more than beer pretzels, the menu was limited today, so we didn't see the nachos or the wings because those weren't offered today because of the kids' event, so it was mostly focused around pizza. Yeah. Um, and so the only thing I will give in High Water's um, 
I would give the edge to high water in the sense that, uh, let's see, Urban Roots food is more expensive, and because it's barbecue, it is rather pricey. It, yeah, it's very, it's kind of a focused menu. Yeah, as well. but the beer is, gosh, oh, so good, so much better, and. Um, the food, I think, is at least comparable. You just have to pay more for it. But if you're paying just as much for the beer and just a little bit more for food, I don't see the problem. If you're going just yeah. for the beer, Urban Roots wipes the floor with, with high water. However, you know, there have been a couple moments in the spotlight where we've kind of dumped on high water a little bit. Mm-hmm. I do think it's worth going. I oh, think, yeah. I think the experience... Um, Depending on the day and depending on the beer that you order is at least uh, a B minus, if not trending towards a B. And that's coming from people who are very, very critical of breweries over a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You like, like you and I even talked about, we had a super dope time at um, a high water today. Yeah. We had a super dope time. And even questioned, because of the variety of the board, we even questioned if we could have that type of time at a lot of breweries today. Well, that's, so, that's something I think really, really quick, if you don't mind me jumping into your story. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I wanted to mention that there's a lot of breweries that we go to. And you think, like, say, say there's, like, a new person in your life or maybe your mom decides she wants to get into craft brew. She wants to get in the scene. Uh, there's a lot of places that you and I have gone to that don't give the vibe that people think the craft brew scene gives. But there are some places that do. So if you want to show someone a good time and show them the experience of going to a good craft brew place, I think Highwater does that really well. Versus like if we love Claim Steak. If you go to Claim Steak and it's your first time going to a craft brewery, you might have a bad time. It might be weird, right? That's all I'm saying. So Highwater... it's got, like you said, it's got depth for people that look for depth. It's got the entry-level stuff. It has the full experience of a craft brew, and it has food. And I think that's – I, I wanted to compare it to uh, Pizza Port. That's kind of what we talked about when we were at Pizza Port last time. And on my article, too. It's got something for everybody, the family-friendly, you know, good food. It's I think it's, it's like budget Pizza Port to me yeah. in the sense that, like – Pizza Port to me is an A no matter which way you look at it. It's great for the family. Mm-hmm. The beer's great. The food's great. Yeah. Even if you if you like told me you just went to Pizza Port and you don't like beer and you just got a large barbecue chicken pizza, I'd be like, oh shoot, you had a good time. Mm-hmm. You, know, you didn't mm-hmm. even get beer, mm-hmm. right? Like you had a good time. Like if Pizza Port is a is a ninety five easy across mm-hmm. the board to me. Yeah. Like high water. If someone's like, yeah, I went to high water. We got some food. I'm like, oh, so did you go to high water just for food? Because High Water to me is a brewery that has food versus like Pizza Port just has food. Like, yeah. you know, like, like Pizza Port has good food. It's kind of like BJ's. But, but more like about low, the beer. Like, but even like low budget BJ's where the food just slaps. So and, I think part of what we're missing today too, and I've seen this in a lot of breweries, like, like we didn't get a chance to enjoy the music that was happening outside. It was kind of a weird day. It was like a special event for music. I think it was like a high school uh, music like talent show kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But imagine High Water or Pizza Port. Then they have like like a local band doing like an acoustic set. I mean, pretty rad, right? Yeah. That's something that we, maybe they do and we didn't get to enjoy today. Also with the menu and the food. So, uh, you know, it's just something to consider. I think, you know, 
looking at having glanced at the menu and just having tried the beer multiple times, I think, I think uh, eighty is quite is not quite fair to them. I think like they're a solid B. Um, yeah. Like the beer is appropriately priced. Um, you know, even if you were to do the most expensive pours, mm-hmm. your flight would be between 18 and 20 bucks. And that's for six. six pours. And they're big pours. And they're big pours. Yeah. And so that's almost two pints of beer for 20 bucks in a flight. Of the of, most expensive beer they have. Of them, right. Yeah, and that's so, pretty good. Uh, I do feel compelled to give them like an 80 to 85 kind of grade. They also have food. They mm-hmm. have such a wide variety. Um, I think they are such a great gateway brewery. Oh, yeah. Um, and but, even like, you know, one of the earlier brewery spotlights we did, I gave Burning Barrel an 85, and they were really slacking. Like, I feel like Burning uh, Burning Barrel was really slacking when, when I gave them an 85. And so, like, High Water, I think, has a lot of room to grow as far yeah. as, like, for me at least. I think they have a lot of room to grow, but... The things they're talking about are just nitpicky. I just also recognize yeah. like their beer just isn't as strong. Like they are sort of like a what I call like a B tier brewery. Yeah. Um, but that's that's I think goes back to the kind of the one hit wonder thing. This campfire stout is very successful, and I mean they had a huge a whole rack of it in their fridge. You go to the grocery store, you see it in almost every store that sells beer or any grocery store, at least that I've been to on the west coast. And I've seen some of them back in the east coast, like. That's like their baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's uh, maybe that's how Sierra Nevada was for a while with Pale Ale. It was just everywhere. And then you didn't know Sierra Nevada made other stuff. Maybe. You know? But like, like um, yeah, they do have room to grow. But at the same time, today I was very surprised about the spread and how many things they had to offer. So I've only known them for Campfire Stout and maybe one or two other, ver- you know, other beers. Yeah. Um, I stand by it. If you see a bottle of Campfire Stout and you haven't had it, buy it. Yes. Uh, if you see the Cucumber Kolsch, even if, even if the Cucumber Kolsch is in a six-pack, you see it, buy it. It is great. Yes. Very, um, very good. Um, and so they have some really good things going for them. Um, the brewery as a whole, certainly worth going to. Also, if you said, hey, should I go to Track 7 or... High water, we'd say track seven. Uh-huh. Should I go to, you know, pick a brewery like you know some of our favorite breweries? Should I go to Urban Roots or High Water? Go to Urban Roots. Mm-hmm. Should I go to Fieldwork, or should I go to High Water? Mm-hmm. We might have some questions like how would the beer are you? Mm-hmm. But probably, probably Fieldwork. You know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, if I was to say what is the best gateway brewery? Within 45 minutes to an hour of where we live, was the best gateway brewery. We can make a very strong case, and this is where I think you're getting out the pizza bar. Yeah, yeah. He is, in fact, high water. And it's it's accessible for a lot of people. Because my girlfriend is into fruited beers, fruited beers, and ciders. And I don't know that high water is the best brewery to take her to. Because I think, like, depending on what Track 7's board looks like, mm-hmm. or, you know, even like Moraz, which also has sours. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't, I won't say it's the best, but it's certainly up there on the list. Like, Highwater would be one of the first breweries I would think about taking it to if I was in the area. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, you know, I do think, like, I want to make sure we put some respect on Highwater's name. I also mm-hmm. think you and I are just grading breweries a little bit hard right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. We might but I don't think they, but that's I my think point. they've earned an A. I don't think they've earned an A. I and think that's, that's 85 is a little generous on my behalf, but I think mm. you're right. Upper 70s to lower 80s is also fair. I think the you range... see where they're trying to go. Yeah, 70s, mm-hmm. like 77 to 85, I think is an appropriate range depending on the experience you're looking for. So, interesting take really quick before we end. I know that's what we're trying to trend to here. Mm-hmm. If four of your aunts, I don't know if you have four aunts or not, but four of your aunts flew into town. Okay. So we want to go wine tasting in Lodi, but where can we go for lunch first? Gosh. Would you go to a restaurant? Would you go to... With my aunts? Probably. I, w- I don't know that. I probably, I might not. You might not do high water? I might, I might not. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so that's, that's maybe where they differ from Pizza Port. Pizza <clears> Port <throat> had enough things for everybody. They had wine, they had everything. Yeah. So, that maybe you can take your aunts there to get some... The food looks pretty good. We only had a, the cheap beer pretzel, whatever. The but pizzas look solid. They did, and then the appetizers looked really good. Some of the dips. The ciders are good. You know. Like, as a base point. The pear cider was pretty great. That was really you good. You just can't put that in a crowd. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, like, if you're going there for lunch, let's get some food and, and hang out and have some good drinks before we go wine tasting. You'd have a good time. It might be a You'd good spot. You'd have a good time. And it wasn't too... It wasn't too pricey. Some of those little restaurants are ridiculous. It's a great... Uh, I agree. Like, the pricing mm-hmm. was, was pretty fantastic. Um, especially if you want to maintain that local feel. I think there's a lot of... I think mm-hmm. High Water has so many great things going for it. Yeah. Um, but you're right. From a beer perspective, there are some things where... Like, as much variety as they provide, there's also some mm. things where maybe they're a little overextended. Like, I do know, like, while we're closing, the Red Ale was not good, but also their American Barley Wine also had some similar things that the Red Ale had going for it, where you're like, wait a minute, this is really hoppy for what I was anticipating. Yeah. Um, mm. But it's a big location, and there's a lot, and they do offer a lot, so... If you can sift through the things that they offer that aren't as strong as some of the stronger things they offer, mm-hmm. which for even for us, like some of the things that we were really looking forward to ended up being things we're like, oh, probably not. Not today. And some <laughs> of the things we weren't necessarily looking forward to, we're like, oh, wait, this is pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like that. I think there's, there's, it's kind of a mixed bag, but I do think if you went, you're probably not having a bad time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anything you want to close with? Um, yeah, you know, I, I had a really good time being there today. And I think th- that has to count for something. Or we're, we're trying the beers here. Normally we just do the Crowlers and we just try the beer. We had the full brewery experience today. And we I did think have a good time. We had a good time. I think that's part of what's influencing me to give the, oh, excuse me, a little bit higher score. Because of the good experience, which when and you're I've been twice, and I had that type of, I had that uh, this type of experience. I've had mm-hmm. both times. Yeah, and so that's yeah. I think that carries a lot of weight. So yeah. instead of just buying cans off a shelf in a some random store in your neighborhood, going to the source for you and I has, mm-hmm. has always been fun. We've always really enjoyed that experience. So 
one of these days, I still we talked about it a couple times. One of these days, we're gonna have to pick a place where we go to where they kind of recognize us and see if we can get one of the brewers to come out and talk to us and, and see if we can record like tasting a flight on a table. Maybe getting a brewer like in a couple of, you know a couple of sentences in here, ask them some questions. Maybe that might be the next step because now you know we we're. We know that the source is always the best, but mm-hmm. what if we could talk to the person making the shit? You know what sure. I mean? Like, maybe that's where we got to go now. Anyway, that's that's my you know two cents. Whatever. Definitely go. Definitely go. Go to high water. You know, I, I the last thing I will say to sort of shade what Chris and I sort of think is I think Chris and I have a very different expectation mm. um, for our brewery experience. I was much more beer nerd oriented right like we yeah uh, and so like one of the things that we constantly not constantly but we often battle when people are like oh have you been to that place in Folsom I think it's called like what Outta Outta and, and we can fit like Out of Bounds like oh bro that place is dope they got good food they got great beer and we're like alright yeah they're okay and so I think take it with that type of grain like that grain of salt right like if you well, think Hold on real quick. Yeah, yeah. As a listener, you've been to the Folsom Out of Bounds, and you had a fantastic time. It was so dope. Absolutely go to high water. Especially mm-hmm. if you're driving through Lodi. I guarantee you you're going to have a comparable type of time. Yeah. Like, and the food is more more adequately priced. So you're going to have better. Yeah, agree. <laughs> Way better. You're going to have better food. <laughs> and uh, I think the beer isn't quite as strong as Out of Bounds, but I think the beer is certainly close. And so, like, you would have such an equitable time between the two, and you'd spend less money, and so absolutely go. And yeah. so, that's the kind of where I wanted to sort of end it of, like, you and I have a very different idea of what's fun. Ah. Like, Chris and I don't think going out in a group of, like, 12 or 14 people and getting fucked up, like, that's not what we think is a fun time. No. Going to a brewery and having a flight, just the two of us, you and I think that's a fun time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and talking about, like, what ingredients did they use? And is this representative of the style? And if it's not yeah. representative of the style, where did they experiment? Or did they get it wrong? Like, mm-hmm. we like to have a book club for beer at the table, just the two of us in public, and maybe get a snack. But we don't really care about the food as much, usually, right? We care mostly about the beer. It just helps because we've had some beer. And so, right, and so mm-hmm. take take all that into consideration when you think of our grades because I really want to give High Water the benefit, of the, ba- the benefit of the doubt in the sense that, like, okay, as low as you could rate them as a C for us, we might have a completely different experience in mind than you do. Mm-hmm. And we both were talking about on the way home that there are plenty of brewers we could go to and feel like, man, we didn't have really that great of a time. So I don't want... To give you know a high seventies, low eighties grade, and think, well, man, maybe I shouldn't go. You should absolutely go. Yeah. And not everybody gets an A, right? Like they're not mm-hmm. Urban Roots, they're not Track Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like they're not yeah. the Vice, they're not Claim Steak. If you're looking for the best beer and you're super into beer, go to High Water. Like, yeah. Have a, have a good time. It's not going to be the best time you ever had at a brewery. It is certainly worth going. It's a good time. If you don't care and you're not like a beer nerd like us, go. You're going to have a great time. Mm-hmm. Like there is a good time to be had. Yes. At, uh, I just don't want the numbers to misrepresent what we're saying. Yeah. That's kind of... So... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here's, here's the thing. So 
if you were at the store, if you didn't go to High Water, say, you know, we've recommended Campfire Stout a few times. Mm-hmm. You see maybe four or six pack of Campfire Stout cans. I get it. And No, they're right next to, on the shelf, they're right next to um, double-juiced grapefruit. Oh, no. High water. Double-juiced mango. It's a little bit closer with that one. Strawberry Blonde from Out of Bounds. That one I'd go Out of Bounds. Yeah? I'd probably go Strawberry Blonde before I go Campfire Mm Stout. Well, it depends on the time of year. Mm -hmm. And also, Mm -hmm. admittedly, it depends a little bit on where my palate's at. But I know myself well enough to go, I'd probably go Strawberry Blonde. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, it took two or three beers that Out of Bounds is known for, and then people are all, oh, they love Out of Bounds. Oh, let's go to the restaurant and pay $13 for a shish kebab of bacon <clears throat> and whatever. And then you get the beer, but then you go to the store like, oh, I love the beer. The brew was cool. It was great. And then you go buy the beer at the store, and you're like, well, Campfire well, Stout let's, is Let's better. rewind really quick. Yeah. Juiced grapefruit versus cucumber coals. Cucumber coals. Yeah. Juiced, gra- juiced mango versus cucumber coals. Probably cucumber coals. Yes. Strawberry blonde versus cucumber coals. Cucumber coals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like... But that's my point, is, is high water is not as well-known as Out of Bounds in the SAC region, but... They throw. They, they throw down. They, throw. they do. So that's... Just, you know, I guess maybe the closing point might be their highs are close to the highs of every brewery that we've been to. Mm-hmm. They're close. Um, their mids might be just a touch lower than the mids and, of every other breweries, and their lows are low. And they do not distro the same. It's true. And so I think their lows are low. Like if you go in knowing like, hey, every now and again you might strike out a little bit at high water. Like the Red Ale was a bust. The barley wine mm-hmm. that I had, I really didn't enjoy as much. Um, and then, but they do provide such a warm environment, a welcoming environment, a really fun environment, and good food. Like there are a lot of good things. But I think to conclude, we can say, go to the place and drink the beer. Yep, it is. It is good. And let us know in the comments. You know, if you go, check out that Groupon. The Groupon's so worth it. Gosh. Chris and I did the math, and mm-hmm. even on the cheap end for our flights, the Groupon was 25 bucks for two flights of six and two crowlers. We pretty much just got two crowlers for free. So yeah. if you're driving through Lodi, you might as well just pay the 25 bucks on Groupon and get your two free crowlers and have free beer at home. Yeah. Um, it was like half off, dude. But let us know in the comments. You know, if, you go to, yeah. if you go to High Water and you're like, hey, I disagree, just get in touch with us and tell us what you think your grade is. One to 100, right? Like my big thing is... If you grade 1 to 10, the jump from 7 to 8 doesn't feel like very much. But if you grade mm-hmm. 1 to 100, the jump from 7 to 80 is a big jump. So, See, he's a teacher. He knows. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, in any case, guys, um, um, we still have quite a few ideas of what the next episode's going to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll, you'll hear from us soon. I'm back in California full time, and we, we plan on putting some more content out. Yeah. But, uh, other than that... Uh, cheers. I'm going to talk to you soon. All right. See you guys.